This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Good day, folks. Welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Walls Jr., aka Endzone85. This is the second of two special episodes that we've done. Uh, you'll know that um, Bez recorded with, with Garrett from the Lightning Round podcast uh, last week. And back after um, 12 months' absence is uh, uh, an old buddy of mine, um, an absolute, how can we say, is, is a is a fancy wizard. He likes stale bread. He loves cricket. He supports Sheffield Wednesday, just like myself and Bez. It's Neil Dutton. How are you doing, buddy? You missed all the words "complete and total loser," but obviously, you know, <laughs> other than that, it was a, it was a very accurate introduction. <laughs> How, how's it been? How, have you been, mate? All, very all good. Very, very well. Um, it it doesn't seem like the off season has been that long, but no. even so, I am very, very, very hungry for the season to start. Yeah, the roster cuts have been made. I mean, there's been some big names being booed out. I think arguably the biggest is Alex Leatherwood uh, from the Raiders, and you, you've, you've heard my take before on the draft. It's it's great to have the draft picks, but some of them are busts, uh, and Alex Leatherwood seems to be one of them. Um, your own Dion Kane has gone to a practice squad from the Eagles. Um, Philip Lindsay, Colts, Marlon Mack, Texans, Mark Webb from the Chargers. They're the sort of big names that stand out from me from the roster cuts. Any from, from your side of the, the, the fence, Neil, that sort of stand out? Well, it is notable that um, over the last four years, the Raiders have got as much from their first round picks as the Rams <laughs> have got from theirs, and they haven't yeah. used one since 2016. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, the, the Leatherwood one is is interesting because he was only a first round pick like last year. Um, and obviously people think, oh, new regime, maybe it's a new start. But clearly the new regime with the Raiders was just like, no, no, this is the old people. You take your garbage with you. And again, this is one of those situations that it's not the player's fault that he's been overrated. Yeah. But sometimes teams just accept sunk cost. It's better for everyone. Go away. And hopefully you can land somewhere else and do better. But yeah, I think I think the ones you said are probably the most notable ones. It's it's not, you know, as we see from, I think this year's hard knocks has been uh, quite notable in the sense that there's not been very many, you know, bottom of the roster people. I mean, I remember the was it the Atlanta Falcons one in 2015, yeah. and there's yeah. what six or seven bottom of the roster people that were there like pretty much every week. Whereas this year's hard knocks, for example, if we take the Lions as a typical a, a typical example of an NFL team, which is very rare for the Lions. It's not been that many people. It just seems to have been, look, we know what the roster is. It's yeah. We know 48 of them. The other five will lead to that. So, I mean, Sony Michelle getting cut, having only just signed for the uh, Dolphins. He obviously has a new home, um, which may be of interest to you. Um, Chargers. Yeah, which, you know, that is a very interesting one because it impacts all worlds in terms of reality and fantasy. Um, but I think that's quite interesting because he has, you know, He's been the leading rusher on the team that's won two of the last three Super Bowls. Say what you want about that, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying it's a fact. So, yeah, I mean, look, we, we've, um, the, the Bez, John, and, and and Dan, we've been chatting in the off scene about the charges. We, we've got probably a more complete roster now with Sony Michelle coming in because I think behind Austin Eckler, there's not a great deal. You know, uh, Joshua Kelly's got a lot to prove. Uh, and this, although this is a past first league, everybody wants a Nick Chubb, a Jonathan Taylor on their roster. You know, if you've got someone that can move the football a thousand plus yards on the ground, you're, you're going to beat teams up. And, you know, as, as the Chargers found out last year, they couldn't stop the run. You and I could have played RB3 for several teams and we'd have pr- probably still got 45 yards and a score. So that, that's an interesting one. And I think, you know, you look at Les Snead, what he did, Neil, with, with the Rams. Um, they were very aggressive midway through the season in bringing the likes of Von Miller, having the audacity, if you like, to, to bring Eric Weddle back into football. And, and it paid off. And I, I, it's an aggressive game. And I don't understand why teams are always passive. We could speak all, all, all day about teams busting in the draft. Why on earth Jacksonville didn't take Aiden Hutchinson with a first-round pick? Only the front office of Jacksonville 
we'll, we'll tell you why that happened. But it, it is, it's been, it's been a crazy off-season. And yeah, Sony Michelle for the Chargers. I think that's that's probably the, one of the final pieces of the jigsaw there. I think as well, it's it's strange because you may have heard this phrase before, but the Chargers have probably got one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Yeah. I think it's been said at least 17 times since 2003. But it seems that given the various comings and goings in the rest of the AFC West, they're being somewhat underspoken about. And it's, you know, everyone's it's a, can the Chiefs offense can it still work? You know, all these players have gone. Um, the Raiders, it's a new, it's a new thing. There's Devontae Adams. Oh, the 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 Broncos, they've got Russell Wilson. Uh, the Chargers are the Chargers. You know, it, it just seems that they're going as odd as it sounds, going under the radar. Yeah, I think. I think um, from, from my seat, I think Justin Herbert, um, you can't ignore him now. I, th- I don't think he got enough credit in in his rookie year, despite he, he broke lots of records. It was almost people are afraid to speak about Justin Herbert in terms of greatness because he wasn't a fashionable so-called football team. Last year, he, he did another phenomenal job. Uh, and again, people were like, ooh. But now I think coming into season three, there's no hiding He's been named in the MVP race. I don't personally want to see Justin Herbert win the MVP. I want to see him win the division. I want to see him win the conference and that progression. If he wins the MVP race, brilliant. But I think Herbert's the type of guy that will put the team first. Um, And then, you know, obviously his own stats uh, after that. But, I mean, we'll we'll stay with the the quarterback thing because we are going to go sort of around the NFL and, and, and dive back into the AFC and the AFC West. Eagles, this time last year, we were talking about Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts goes down. There's, there's a big debate on Chargers socials about three quarterbacks. I'm an advocate because we're still in the COVID era. And the last thing you want is to be carrying, I think, is it, is it, who's carrying only one quarterback? The Cowboys. The Cowboys carrying one quarterback. I hope that, I hope he doesn't get, um, I hope it's Dak, I hope Dak doesn't get COVID. <laughs> It's a massive risk. It is, and ultimately, it's still the most important position in sports. I know you can only you can only play one, and it, it always reminds me, I say, of the the Tom Moore quote about why Peyton Manning took all the snaps in practice with the Colts, and that was, well, if eighteen gets hurt, we're fucked, and we yeah. don't practice, we don't practice. Fucked. So you know, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what it is now. If you have a starting quarterback, you want him running the show. You want him literally. Everything goes through him. But ultimately, I think it was something like 12 teams last season used at least three quarterbacks as starters. The game's, you know, I'm not saying the game's changed. It's always been a rough and violent game. But more injuries are happening to quarterbacks, despite the rules protecting them. As I say, you've got the COVID restrictions and whatnot. It doesn't make sense for your entire team to come crashing down if you do not have a quarterback in place who can fill in. Doesn't have to come in and do the same job. But if the whole offense collapses because Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, uh, Patrick Mahomes, if they have to miss two games and you lose both of them, or you know, say four games, like quarter of the season, and you lose every game and you're screwed from there, well, that's organizational malpractice. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to then go out and devote a quarter of your salary cap to a player who you hope will never play. But if you don't have a backup who can come in and replicate the uh, the system to an extent, well, then you don't deserve to win it. You're, you're, you're playing with fire. Yeah, I mean, some things don't change in football. Here we are heading to week one and the Browns have got a quarterback issue. You know, I mean, we've we've spoken before about the Eagles. I mean, you've got Gardner Minshew at number two. Let's hope that Jalen uh, Hurts doesn't go down. But I still think that they're. I think you're right, Neil. QB one is is always. You know, they don't grow on trees. Those QBs. Um, you look at sort of seven eight years ago when every seemed every fan in Britain was supporting the the Seahawks. Now they're in a position where they their franchise almost being rolled back. 20 years um, and it's 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 a difficult one you know you look at the Steelers six-time Super Bowl winners is it Kenny Pickett you know is it Mitch Trubisky people are saying it's 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 Pickett people are saying Trubisky they haven't got a recognised starting quarterback um, 
but it, it, it is a massive problem. You, you don't go into the season with two tight ends or, or, or two running backs. So I don't understand why you go into the season with, with one or two quarterbacks. For me, it's you're mitigating the risk of, of not having that. All I can say about Dallas is that they've got someone in their roster that can play quarterback in an emergency. I, I don't know. It's really strange. Unless Jerry Jerry Jones is losing his marbles, I don't, I don't know. It's just possible he might be. <laughs> what is he now? He must be in his, his late 80s now, is he? Um, I, he? He's probably up there. I mean, we assume he was probably in, you know, somewhat middle age when he bought them. That was 33 years ago. So, yeah, yeah. must be high 70s, low 80s. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a conundrum that one. I mean, we played we played Dallas in in preseason. They clearly had uh, a lot more depth, and we didn't have any starters on the field or, or, or sort of tier one starters. I, I never paid too much attention to preseason anyway. It's all about getting the the rookies out there and the second year pros to get some reps and get some momentum. But I suppose if we rewind back to draft, Neil, have you, coming out of the draft, did you sort of have your finger on a, a any one team to win the Super Bowl? And has that narrative changed going forward to the the, the penultimate um, week before we start playing football again? Um, well, the team that I, I mean, as long as he's on the field and you know is being coached by Andy Reid, I will still say the Chiefs are always going to be in contention. I do think the Bills probably, I think the Bills have now been so close that they know what they have to do. Be beat Kansas City. Uh, but, you know, they know they've got, you know, progressively better each of the last few years. They know now what they need to do. They took steps to aggressively address what they needed to do to try and stop Kansas City, you know, bringing in Von Miller. Probably overpaying for them, but if they win the Super Bowl, it yeah. was worth it. Um, they backed up uh, Trey White, who's obviously still coming off an injury, uh, by getting the cornerback they got. They've surrounded Josh Allen with weapons that suit his playing style. They, You could tell Josh Norris always says there's two times when a team is honest. It's during free agency and it's during the draft. The Bills told us we want a passing down running back because they tried to sign J.D. McKissick and then they drafted James Cook. That just makes their offense all the more dynamic. It probably indicates that they want Josh Allen to maybe check down a bit more and use his running backs in the passing game. But that just means he's going to be healthy at the end of the season. So I think that in the AFC, they're the two teams because the AFC is ridiculously strong, but they're the best two teams. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, Chargers are still going to do it. You know, the Chargers are say the most talented team in the NFL that hasn't done a damn thing. Yeah. But so um, that's the way I'm thinking. The NFC, well, if the Chargers win the NFC, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because the, the NFC is very, very weak. Um, obviously, you've got Tom Brady. I worry that Brady isn't on anymore um, because the the semi-retirement, the 11 days in training camp, the fact he came back and he clearly had Botox or, or something done. I'm sorry, Tom, I, you've had work done. Just admit it. Come on, we're among friends. The Packers, <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers has got no one to throw to. So yeah. the Rams, you've got Matthew Stafford's elbow injury. I think it's, I think that the NFC representative of the Super Bowl is likely to be a team we've seen there before and recently. But the AFC is where the strength is. And I, I want the Bills to win it because I've had the Eagles monkey off the back now. The Eagles have won one. So I'm yeah. happy to see other teams win one for the first time. I'd rather the Eagles won, but I live in the real world. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the Eagles lost four conference championships in a row, which was heartbreaking. That's the diet version of what the Bills went through in the 90s of losing yes. four Super Bowls on the road. That first one was the worst. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, for that sake and for the fact that they are bloody good to watch, they play the right way, they've made a few off-field decisions, in the, certainly in the last few weeks, that in the current climate are not great optically, but are still a team that I think a lot of people would like to see do well on the field. So the draft, free agency... I think they were already strong and they just got stronger over the last six months. Yeah, I mean, I've got a good buddy, Don Young, over in the States. He lives up in uh, upper New York State. And uh, we, we've had we've had many a chat about the, the Bills losing those four Super Bowls. So, you know, it's crazy up there that they, they'll be at it. But we've said this and we know what the score is for the Chargers. They have to win a minimum of 12 games if they're going to win the division. Uh, if they're not going to win the division, they've got to be as close as they can because... 
you know, they wanted to carry that momentum in, into a potential wildcard spot. And it's so congested. You know, we've not even spoke about the Ravens. They've still got, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. They've still got hopes of of making a deep uh, player for themselves. I mean, I can't remember who, who it was now. I was, I can't remember. I was reading an article somewhere the other day. And in the 20 years since we've had this revamp of 32 teams, particular journalist said that the AFC West is arguably the strongest division in football that he's ever seen. Um, for all the reasons we've said, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chargers have loaded the roster. You know, Denver have got rid of uh, Drew Lott. They've brought in Russell Wilson, arguably their best quarterback since Peyton Manning. And uh, the Raiders, well, they're the Raiders, but they've still got some formidable pieces. Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. They've got, uh, they've got Josh McDaniels, who comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Um, and, you know, the Raiders on, on home turf, Derek Carker still do a job. He's, he's not a tier one quarterback for me. But all it takes is for, for the Chargers or, or anybody else in the division to have key injuries during the divisional games and all of a sudden you're two or three games behind. And, and I think what makes the, the NFL season so hard, Neil, is because it's so short. You know, if you look at baseball, the Premier League, NHL, you've got, you can have a really poor start, six, seven games, and you can go on a, a you know, a prolonged run and make the playoffs or, or you know, win the Premier League in the case of, of, of the English game. It, it is fascinating. Um, going back to the NFC, a lot of people are talking about uh, the 49ers. Obviously, Trent Richards has moved on. It's it's whether or not that they can get the best out of their quarterback. Um, and Green Bay, for me, I, I don't know what's going on up there. There's a lot of Green Bay fans, obviously, in, in England, as we both know. Uh, and they'll be pinning their hats on uh, another NFC championship. But you can never rule out Tom Brady. But the new quarterback down there in, in, in Tampa, I'm not so sure. Uh, all this nonsense with Miami trying to get in. What does that say about Tua? There's so many permutations going on at the minute. It's absolutely crazy. I just don't know which way it's going to go. And I think that's the most exciting thing, is it not, Neil? That we mm. just don't know. My co-host uh, co and I on the Waxing Lyrical Remains and Dots podcast, when we do our season previews, we ask a question about every team, and that's, will they be discussed by Draftniks in Week 18, leading up to the Super Bowl, or not at all? So are they going to be crap? Are they going to be okay? Are they going to be very good? Are they going to be absolutely irrelevant? And the number of teams that we say not at all about it's frightening. There's 32 teams. They all could be relevant. Because, you know, some of them are either going to be very good. A lot of them are going to be very bad. There seems to be the middle ground in the NFL seems to be evaporating. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't get to the stage where it's like the Premier League, where it's City or Liverpool can win it. Yeah. But the other 80 teams, why are you bothering? You know what well, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't think the NFL is going to be like that way because the way it's set up. But... There's still a, you know, as I say, there's, we're still waiting for this old guard of quarterback to clear out. Because if you, you know, we go back six or seven years, we still had Manning, we still had Brady, we had Breeze, we had Rogers. Well, Rivers. that's okay. Rivers, <laughs> yeah. 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 Most of them are gone. Brady and Rogers are still clinging on. And it's like the next generation is still waiting to step up in the, for the most part. I mean, obviously, We've got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Uh, but until they go, you know, the others, it's like, no, it's our turn now. Sod off. Um, so it's it's a wildly competitive league. It's a very entertaining league because, as I say, there's so few teams that will have nothing to talk about unless you're the Seahawks when no one cares. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, or the Jaguars when no one cares. Uh, if you're listening, Commissioner, we don't want the London Jaguars. We keep saying it everywhere. Keep them over in Florida. But going to, going to you know, we've spoken about opportunities and chances. I've looked at all the betting guides. I've actually got them up live now. Believe it or not, of four of the top US uh, um, odds makers, every one of them has got the Chargers finishing second in the AFC West and the Eagles finishing second in the NFC East. So there's, there's consistency there. Uh, and it all looks okay on paper, but it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. You know, what are the teams going to be doing uh, after after their bye week, you know, when you get around Thanksgiving and, it, and it's minus 52 in the north of, of uh, the United States and people have got shoulders uh, injuries and Achilles tendons tears, and it all gets a bit messy. And, and this is why 
I think everyone dials into the 53-man final uh, roster projections, you know, a week into the lead-up before the roster cuts are made. Um, some GMs out there on, on the hot seat. I know Chargers GM Tom Telesco, he's one for, for, for a lot of people. He's been around long enough now. He's been aggressive. Spanos has given him the tools to, to, to bring people in. But it's it's it can be a double-edged sword because... No one's expecting the Jaguars or the Lions or the or the um, or the Seahawks to make a prolonged run in the playoffs or even get to the playoffs. Your conversation earlier, we'll not be talking about them in Week 18, but unfortunately for the Chargers, there's a, an awful lot of weight of expectation on their shoulders this year, and that all starts in Week One with the Raiders. And I don't care what anybody says, it will be a revenge game for what happened in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, last time out. I mean, we'll, we'll, we will briefly talk about the, the uh, Eagles. Uh, Neil, obviously, you've come on, you're an Eagles fan. Do you, are you seeing progression under Nick Sirianni? Are you, is it a, a building platform? Are, are, do you expect him to have, be on a short leash? What, what's the, what's the sort of, uh, uh, how, how's the water in, in Philadelphia? The Eagles roster today, is immeasurably superior to the roster when they took to the field against the, the Buccaneers in the playoffs. They now have two legitimate starting corners, probably the best cornerback duo since uh, Leto Shepard and Sheldon Brown in the late 2000s. They've upgraded at safety with Ch- uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Ch- Gardner yeah. um, who's feisty. He's a proper Philly player. They've upgraded... Uh, the pass rush with uh, Hassan Reddick. They've upgraded the linebacker core with Kazia White and Nakobe Dean. If he turns out to be a draft bargain, then that was excellent value for him. They're strong up front, like they always are. They've, you know, with um, Jordan Davis, who I thought was nailed on going to the Chargers. Yes, I thought he I, could... it, it was in my first ever mock draft. Jordan Davis, I had him nailed on, and he looks really good. I think you've got, I've, I've got him written down here as a talking point. I think he'll yeah. be a great player for for the Eagles. The receiving core is better because Jalen Rager isn't on it. Um, and, you know, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. The running backs are bits and pieces players who can do a job. All of that doesn't mean a damn thing if Jalen Hurts has not progressed as a passer. Yeah. And ultimately, that's where the Eagles will sink or they will float. If Jalen Hurts is the same Hurts he was last year, then the Eagles are going to have to say, okay, we need to beat up the bad teams, get into the playoffs and see what happens. If he can progress because of the work he's put in, because of the different weapons around him, then the Eagles have a legitimate shot in a very weak conference. The phrase that I heard about Jalen Hurts last year, it still stands true for me. Because when you see, you know, when you see what he's like on the off the field, the way his teammates talk about him, the way he reacts to fans, the way he treats the media, he might be the man, but I still worry that he's not the guy. Yeah, and it goes back to what we just said 20 minutes ago. It's that old QB1. If the QB1's not ticking, none of the offences ticking. I mean, if you if you look at uh, Big Ben last year with the Steelers, I think that was a case of you've been around long enough, you've won two Super Bowl rings, we owe you one, so st- stick around. And it actually hurt the franchise, and it wasn't nice to see the Big Ben that we all remembered and respected throughout the uh, National Football League. Um, and I think the, 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 the fans as well will give you a measure of, of where your team's at in terms of quarterback play because when they stop turning up or they start yell, uh, yelling, <laughs> you, you know, profanity and, and throwing hot dogs at the players, that's when you know that, that there's a big problem. But I think for the Eagles, my personal view is if, if Dallas struggle and we never know what we're going to get with Dallas. Uh, Amari Cooper's moved on, hasn't he? Um, it, it could be there for the Eagles to take. Giants and the Commanders, I don't see enough progression there. Um, Brian Robinson uh, apparently might play this year, so uh, fingers crossed for him, obviously, after that awful incident up there um, last week or the week before. But I think the, the NFC East is one of those divisions. It's not as strong as the AFC West, but it's one of those divisions. It's like it's a lottery who is actually going to finish first, second, third and fourth in the division? You know, it's not going to be lopsided and predictable like the AFC East was for years when the Patriots just dominated. It got boring and 
there you can see why people just like, I've had enough of the Patriots. Uh, it, it's interesting. But S- Sirianni, um, has, he, has he won you over, Neil? Are you, are you, uh, you, you know, are you, are you sort of, are you going to give him another year if it doesn't work out this year? Do you want to, do you, have you got somebody in mind who would like to take over the reins one day? No, I'm I'm prepared to to go with him for a bit longer. Say like I was dubious um, because I, I'm I'm always slightly suspicious whenever teams appoint offensive coordinators who don't call plays to be head coaches. It's a bit like, well, he's going to want to call the plays when he's got everything else to worry about. But it seemed that late in the season he handed the play calling over to another former Chargers assistant, uh, Sean, uh, is it Shane Steichen? Shane Steichen, yeah, 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 and the offense. It seemed to work. It's not the offense I want to watch um, because I don't live in the 1950s and I don't want to see them run the ball 50 <laughs> times a game. No. But it seemed to work. But I think that Sirianni's he he seems to be able to speak to the, the players. He seems to be able to, to you know speak their language to get them on side. So I'm happy with him because I, I just I don't want to be every two or three years looking at another head coach. That's not as I started the first like 12 years I was watching the Eagles. We had Andy Reid and we didn't have to worry about it. Then we had Chip Kelly for three years. We had Doug Peterson for oh, f- Chip five. Kelly, yeah. It's I don't like this. I just I'm boring. I just want it to be the same every year. So I'm I'm happy with um, the coaching staff. I mean Jonathan Gannon last year. If you were a good quarter, uh, quarterback, you were going to complete a lot of passes against the Eagles because the, the Eagles because the defense was downright passive. I mean they had five games in a row, I think, or five out of six, where quarterbacks completed at least 75% of their passes. You can't win when the other team's doing that. I mean, against the Chargers, it was the Eagles went up, and I had absolutely no doubt that the Eagles were going to lose that game because they had plenty of time for Justin Herbert to dink and dunk all the way down the field. And that's exactly what he did. As I say, the reinforcements on the defensive side of the ball now, the Eagles have to be better. I mean, to be honest, Jonathan Gannon got head coaching interviews based on that last season. So if the Eagles are mid-table, you know, middle of the pack, and not thirty-second and thirty-first in sacks, then Jonathan Gannon's probably going to get himself another head coaching gig somewhere else. Well, that's fine. You know, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, you you go as long as the head man stays in place. I'm okay with that. Happy days. I mean, so sort of spreading our net wide again around the league. Um, We'll come on to some fancy tips after our short break, but is it? Is it? Have you got a handful of rookies that you're you're specifically excited about watching in, in 2022, Neil? Um, I hate to say it, but no. Um, most of the most of the rookies that have come in have come into either less than ideal situations or situations that look ideal, but the rest of the situ the rest of the circumstances don't make them attractive. Um, I'm thinking the likes of Brees Hall, wonderfully talented, yeah, measures yeah. up, you know, quite comparably, uh, quite favourably, sorry, uh, in comparison to a lot of very good players. But Michael Carter's there. So I don't think Brees Hall has done enough to say Carter's not going to be an issue. So we're not going to get the 60% opportunity share that we want to see from a running back, especially from a rookie. Um, Kenneth Walker, you know, I, I, I was never going to ding him because he didn't catch passes. If his team in college don't throw him the ball, what he can't, he can't catch, catch passes. passes. Exactly. But the problem is he's running back by committee. He's picking up an injury and he's playing on a god awful offense. So I don't really, I'm not really paying attention to him. And uh, the wide receivers, again, Garrett Wilson has gone to a situation where they've already got a beast who's just waiting to be unleashed in Elijah Moore. So it's not like Garrett Wilson's going to come in and be the guy. Not so, like Jamar Chase was with Bengals last year. Exactly. Um, we've got Drake London at the Falcons. The Falcons are going to be god-awful. So who I cares? Know. Yeah. He'll be there. Why do receive a one? So what? You know, it's, so, uh, and I say the quarterbacks are, you know, there's Kenny Pickett. I'm not excited about him in the slightest, especially if he's not going to start. I mean, rookie tight ends. I mean, there's not that many. There's no superstars. I mean, I like Daniel Bellinger. Yeah. Um, I think he could make some noise. But again, he's making noise on the Giants. You know, so from a fancy point of view, how exposed to the New York Giants do you want to be this season? I know no I don't. So I'm not saying that there won't be rookies who will make an impact because they always do. I just don't think we're going to get a situation where we've had great rookie classes, especially at wide receiver, the likes of you know 2014 or 2020. Do you know what I mean? I just it's. I'm not saying they're underwhelming as pro, as prospects. I just think the situations most of them have landed in 
absolutely suck for fantasy this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one because I, I was talking to somebody at work the other day who's who's new to the NFL. He said, you know, what's your top tips for fantasy? I mentioned obviously you. I said it's your fringe players. When you've got four thousand dollars left, it's 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 taking a punt on who's going to have a day because they're not regular high uh, point scorers. That's a differentiator. Anyone can score, you know, equal numbers. It's when you've got those two or three fringe players, and we don't know. We'll not know what we're going to get. There will be uh, players that come out of the trap like Jamar Chase did, but until the season starts to get rolling, we're just not going to know. I mean, go back to Aiden Hutchinson, you know, at uh, Detroit. You know, everyone's expecting him to get a, a ton of sacks. Who knows? Who knows? I mean. If he's anything as good as what Miles Garrett was for for the um, uh, uh, Browns, or or more recently Nick Bosa, they've got an absolute stud. But you, you, you just don't know. You, you can look at the tape in college, but when you get into the big boys league, it's a completely different kettle of fish, as we all know. So what we'll do, we'll go to a very very short break. We'll come back. We'll ask Neil to give us some top fantasy tips, maybe some sleepers to keep an eye out on. And then we'll finish off with a bit of a, um, a dive into the uh, charges, anything that it, uh, Neil's picked up in, in the off-season, uh, any of the trades or anything that he, he, he sees fancy value-wise. And we'll go from there. We'll be back shortly. Hey, Bolt fam, the wait is almost over. A new football scene is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action on opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings with an early win promotion. Get up by seven points, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place $5 or more on any game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to Charge Up Bolts podcast. Uh, this is a special with a friend of the show, Neil Dutton, lifelong uh, Eagles fan and fantasy football whiz. We, I, I forgot to mention there, Neil, Kaiser White, it divided opinion when he left the Chargers. Um, you potentially got a really good linebacker there. He's, Kaiser is a hard tackling monster, is a machine. I, I, he does, he will lead the line very, very well. I hope he stays healthy and and good luck to Kaiser White this season. Is he what number is he carrying? Uh oh, I've not seen. I think it's a 40s number. Four, which, 42, maybe? It might be. I I personally caught you off, I, caught, caught you off guard there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I despise linebackers wearing 40s. Uh linebackers, it's it's I'm weird in that I put too much stock in what numbers should play where. I'm I'm weird like that. Linebackers should wear fifties. It's I don't care. At 40s, no, that's a fullbacks number. No, that's I don't even like running backs wearing 40s. Uh, 41, you know, Alvin Kamara, no, no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the again, second time I mentioned him, Josh Norris says, if your team has slow linebackers, you have a slow defense. Well, over the last five years, the Eagles have had crap linebackers, so they've had a <laughs> crap defense. Um whether that was, you know, that's organizational decision. They obviously value linebackers the same way that they value running backs. They're not going to expend huge amounts of resources on them. But this year, they've thought we can't just let teams keep running up the middle on us. So, let's say they invested in Kaze White. Um, they, they took Nakobe Dean when he dropped. I, I, I like White. I mean, I'm biased. I play in an IDP fantasy uh, dynasty league, so I have him. So he he scored me a lot of points last year. Didn't help me win. But, you know, he did score a lot of points. So, yeah, I'm more than happy uh, for him to have come in. Still only a one-year prove-it deal, and I hope he proves it and maybe gets an extension. Yeah, so we'll move on to a bit of fantasy, uh, fantasy talk now. Um, 
with Senior, I mean, obviously, other than the the, the obvious uh, picks, the, the 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 Cooper Cups of this world, etc., the Jonathan Taylors. Um, come on, give give us some give us some top tips. Who you looking for? Give us a couple of sleepers. Well, the big sleeper, <clears throat> excuse me, assuming that Trey Lance does actually stay in the job uh, of the 49ers quarterback, it's Brandon Ayuk. Now, he was very good as a rookie in 2020. By all accounts, he thought he could get by on his looks, as it were. So he turned up in 2021, hadn't worked out in the offseason, and that pissed Kyle Shanahan off. So that's why he was in the doghouse. Eventually, he came back into the fold. And over the last six, seven weeks of the season, he was a borderline wide receiver one. Now he's had a change of quarterback who's more suited to his style. He's not going to get 12, 15 targets a game, but he has shown in his career that he can be efficient. He has an excellent yards per reception. He's great at the yak. Where he's going in draft, it's starting to rise slightly as we get closer to the season, as more casual players start drafting. He's someone that I want in every draft. Um, tight end is one of those um, positions that you know I tend to specialise in. Don't know why. And the strategy has been lately, you either take one early or you wait. Middle round tight end tend to not pay off. Usually because the wide receivers and running backs you can get in the areas where you're taking these tight ends, they're a much better bet. So the tight ends that I'm finding myself taking later in the draft, I'm talking past round 10, even staying undrafted, so you can go and pick them up on the wave wire after the draft. You've got David and Joku. Now, he doesn't get the quarterback upgrade this season that a lot of people thought he was getting because someone's suspended. But Jacoby <laughs> Brissett has gone about his business when he's been a starting quarterback. He targets the crap out of tight ends. When yeah. he was the Colts starting quarterback in 2017 and 2019, the Colts tight ends had a 29% target share. That's great news from Joku because he's the only show in town at that position. So there's Amari Cooper, there's David and Joku, and then that's it. There's just unproven talent. Another one is Herb Smith. He's going to benefit from the change in offense. They're going away from the you know Mike Zimmer old school offense to a very yeah. Rams inspired three wide receivers, one tight end. He's that he's that tight end. And, you know, as much as the Rams' offense is very good and scores a lot of points, behind Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, the third wide receiver isn't really that viable. Van Jefferson, maybe. Odell Beckham, when he eventually resigns, because he will. Um, yeah. Well, you don't know what player he is. So, you know what I mean? So, that you see that. The same thing is true in Minnesota. You've got Justin Jefferson. You've got Adam Thielen, who's been very good, but it's starting to come down. You've got Jalen Rager. Yeah, great. KJ Osborne, I think a lot of people like him, but he's still not proved anything. Amir Smith-Marset, promising. Well, Irv Smith has done it when he's been on the field. Now he's going to get an opportunity to be on the field a lot more. So I like him. And the one that I like the most, because he is literally free in fantasy draft, is Gerald Everett. Now, I can't quit Gerald Everett. He was one of the first players I ever wrote about as a draft prospect for Rotoviz when he came into the league in 2017. I actually nailed his landing spot because I said a team like the LA Rams, given their current situation with a head coach who used to be a tight end coach with Jordan Reed, would be an ideal landing spot. And it came true. So from that time forward, I've had to stay true to Gerald Everett. He has got better and better every season he's played from a receptions, from a yardage, from a fantasy point. And now he's on an offense that looks like it's going to pass the piss out of the ball with a great quarterback. And I know he's got two great wide receivers competing for targets in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So what? All he has to do is get the same opportunities that Jared Cook got last year, and he can outproduce them. So they're the three tight ends that you can wait until the very end of your drafts to get. And ultimately, you know, it's the same advice that I'll always give. If you're in a redraft fantasy league, and you've picked your kicker and defence before the last two picks of your draft, you've done it wrong. Well, there you go, folks. You can't get it. Here's a man, Mr. Dutton. He knows what he's talking about. He, he writes about fantasy for a living. But going back to Everett, um, Neil, I try, and this is going to sound crazy, I try and avoid uh, charges, catches. I think because with Herbert, because he's so judicial, everyone gets a divvy of the football. Um, unlike, you know, when we see last year when the Bengals had that carpet ride to the Super Bowl 
you could guarantee Jamar Chase was going to get hit. He was going to get plenty of uh, targets every game with, you, you know, with, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, uh, you know, Keenan is wide receiver one, Allen's wide uh, and Williams wide receiver two. But actually, you could argue that both are wide receiver one because I guarantee you at the end of the year, when you look back, he'll have X receptions and the other one will have almost the same number of receptions. So it's almost like, you, 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 in my opinion, you, you're devaluing your stock by taking some of those charges wide out. Tight end, obviously, slightly different, but because they're just going to... Herbert's going to be all over the place in the football. I mean, we had... I can't remember how many people actually on the on the Chargers roster had a reception last year. It was most than most. It was more than most football teams, and I think this is one of the the strengths of Chargers now. Before I think you said it about the Eagles, you don't want to see a chip cut Kelly offense. You want to see some where it's predictable, and that's what we certainly had with with Mike McCoy uh, and certainly with Anthony Lynn. You know, pass, 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 punt. Uh, or, oh, sorry, kick, 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 you know, you know, punt. We're not seeing that now with Brandon Staley. Uh, we've seen a bit more variety. Uh, but fantasy, it's got everyone buzzing this year. Um, how many leagues you in, Neil? Um, it's not as many as it used to be. I did, in my pump, I did 11 redraft leagues in one summer. Ooh. That was too many. There's too many players. You forget who's for you and against you. You just assume that everyone's, you've got a bit of everyone. Um, so let me think. Uh, I've got two dynasty leagues. I'm in the Steve Rains Bowl. I'm in the Scott Fish Bowl. I have my main redraft league, um, and I'm in a couple of best ball leagues. So that's about about six or seven. That's a long way down from what it used to be. And going back quickly to General Everett, though, the advantage of the tight end is because the situ- because the position is so toxic. If Gerald Everett catches two passes a week but one of them's a touchdown. That's eight points. That's probably going to be a tight end one on given week. Yeah. So he doesn't have to have a 25% target yet. No tight end does. If you're getting five, six receptions, 40-odd yards, but you can fall into the end zone, you're going to be a superstar in that position. And I say I love the positions a bit. I think tight ends are the cleverest people in the room because they have to learn every single position. But that doesn't mean I like sitting there watching teams trot out Anthony Ferkser and Michael Pruitt, <laughs> you know, while the studs aren't getting targeted. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Zacherts and the uh, the likes they don't grow on trees, do they? Um, Gronk's predicted to come back late on in November. <laughs> you know, he's come out of retirement again. But going back to Chargers, you know, we had we had the great Antonio Gates. Those sort of shoes are very very hard to fill. If, if not almost impossible. Um, so, yeah, it, it's quite interesting um, how that goes. Uh, I think I've got my first draft next week, but with a house move, starting a new role, um, quite a demanding role, I've had to sort of <laughs> it's had to come down a priority uh, from, from what it usually is. But at soft doing all those leagues, how do you get to sleep? Do you have an hour a night? <laughs> Oh, I don't sleep. I just, I just wait. I just wait. I don't sleep. Well, this is it now. I mean, I got up three, four a.m. to watch the preseason games, and this is you and I and everyone else in on this side of the pond now for the next six months or whatever. It's it's red eye, isn't it? You know, oh. uh, going to work on a Monday morning, late night. Uh, yeah, drunk? No, just drunk on football. R- red zone, loads of games, absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, moving on then. So we'll, we'll we'll sort of have a few minutes on the charges. So come on, Brandon Staley is, is he the man to take the bolts forward? Nearly, in your opinion. The things that I've read and the things that I've heard is that everyone always goes on about how smart Brandon Staley is, and he's not smart in the I know everything sense. Of the word he's smart in the I know a lot, but I can always learn more. So that last season we saw, you know, Brandon, it's sometimes okay to kick field goals. <laughs> or, you, know, you, you don't have to go for every fourth down, you know, things like that. He'll learn that, but he'll know that he's got personnel in place now to help him make those decisions. You know, if he wants to go for it, that's great. It's aggressive. It's an offensive game. Trust your offense. You know, it's easier to move the ball than it is to get the ball back. So that's fine. The problem is, it's as I say, potential just means you haven't done it yet. And the the Chargers are just dripping with potential because, you know, 
I say this from a position of love. They're, an, they're the unwanted, you know, sibling in Los Angeles. They're not. They're not the LA Charger. Mainzy still doesn't call him it. That's because he's an idiot. Um, you know, they're, they're still the San Diego Chargers in everyone's eyes, apart from the people who, who sign the checks. The only way they will stop being the San Diego Chargers if they make a success of it while they're in LA. And as I said, I don't think it's you know it's Super Bowl or bust. They need to get into the dance. You know, yeah, if they're 100%. not in the playoffs, then again, it's it's okay. Well, you know, Chargers fans, it's you know, we've been we, how many times have we seen this movie? There's a you know wonderful. It's a few years old now. A wonderful video on YouTube from uh, Secret Base, and it's about the 2010 San Diego Chargers, which had the number one offense, the number one defense, and yeah. didn't make the playoffs. I know. Because of the special teams, that's just that's that's just classic charges. Charges, it, it is. I mean, we've had some special team gaffes in preseason, and fair play to Staley because he comes across as a, a a coach that will talk with his players as opposed to at them. And I think that's when you. I, I'm a, as you know, I'm ex-military. I, I love the leadership traits. I'm very quick to spot on key things. I couldn't work for Lions because the coaches talk at their players. I would last one hour in the Lions building because it's not conducive to learning where I think the Chargers have got more of a an olive branch approach. Meet me halfway. You know, you've messed up there. Let's work on that. And you and, and Staley seems to have eyes in the back of his head everywhere. There's a great clip of him pre-season. He was watching the linebackers. He saw out of the corner of his eye, Joey Bosa um, executing. And he went over and said, Joey, that's brilliant. But... He's got a nasty streak to him as well. Uh, and he called out special teams. He said, if people don't want to play football, I'll move them out and get people in. And it's a, it's a wake-up call. And this is why we have pre-season. But you're absolutely right. Everyone's waiting for the Chargers to charge you uh, and dig themselves in a hole. And this is where we fell down last season because we got ourselves into a position where we we're chasing the game. We dug ourselves into a hole and then we got super aggressive. You've only got to look at that final drive against the Raiders to see how good we were. That's what we've got to do. We've got to we've got to be we've got to put our foot down when we're in front of the game and not not chasing it. Um, you could argue that the Chargers have got a, a bit of a blueprint with the with the Bills not getting it over the line uh, and you know not actually getting their hand on, on the final uh, piece of silverware. This is it for me. There's no excuses, but, and there's always a but, this time last year we, we spoke about, or the, the NFL media was speaking about how good the Chargers' secondary looked and they were absolutely garbage. You know, and people are saying still, if Derwin James goes down, how is the rest of the defence going to cope despite we brought in JC Jackson? So, a, again, it's all ifs, it's all buts. You need a lot of luck in this game, but you also need the players to step in and make their mark. I mean, last year, obviously, there was the overtime loss to the, the Chiefs at home. Yeah, yeah. That's heartbreaking. You're up against Patrick Mahomes. It's expected. The last week of the season against the uh, Raiders, emotions are high. You know, it's a tense situation. It's a play. It's a win and end situation. They're not the games that eliminated the Chargers. It was the Houston game. Texas. Oh. That was the no. classic Chargers moment of, no. well, you know, Austin isn't playing, but Justin Jackson will be fine. It's only the Texans. This is, you know, this goes in on the nod. And it didn't because good teams who know what to do to win take care of that game. And it's over by half time. Yeah. It's not even a situation of, well, well, we're winning, but the Texans are hanging around. No, the Texans boat race the Chargers from ball one. That's what, that cannot happen. If, if you lose to Patrick Mahomes, there's no shame in it. If you lose to a divisional rival who are also in the playoff hunt, there's no shame in it. You lose to crap like the Texans. No. Well, look look at when the Browns went uh, one and fifteen. That game that they won was against the Chargers. And you're right. There's always been a way for head coaches to find the Chargers' kryptonite. And the biggest one for me is when we were expected to go to the Ravens in the 2018 playoffs with Philip Rivers and get blown away, and we absolutely destroyed them. Seven DBs did help, did a job, and then we played New England. And Trent Brown, there's no matter what Melvin Ingram and Joe Bosa did, they were they were not getting. It was an absolute beast. 
that was our kryptonite. And by that, I think by the, if I remember rightly, by the end of the third quarter, Bosa and Ingram, they, they, they were spent. They, they, they were gassed out. Um, but it goes back to what you said, Neil. Good teams take care of that and they'll find ways to navigate it. And I'm, I'm hoping, I, I, I've, you've probably not heard this, but I've, I've said to John and Bez and, and Dan, I'm hoping that Brandon Staley has made the Chargers watch that Raiders game every night before they go to bed. Because if they have, the Raiders are going to get one hell of a kick in. That's if the Chargers do the, 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 the basics right. We don't need special teams to be the best special teams team in the NFL. We need to be a top 16 NFL team as opposed to a tier four uh, special teams unit. And I think that's where... The, the difference comes in. I, I fully expect Bozer and Khalil Mack and uh, Sebastian Joseph Day to get uh, a ton of QB pressures. You know, we want JC Jackson to be Mr. INT because, again, we've not been able to find, we've not been able to buy an interception generally, uh, the charge. It's been, it's been a problem. You know, we've not had a Jalen Ramsey. Um, this is it now. There are no excuses. Uh, and I think the charges, I think come week one, I think all eyes will be on them to see what where they're at and what they're up to because I think there'll be people that are quietly optimistic. The fan base are clearly very optimistic, including myself. And there'll be the ones in the background going, I can't wait to stick the fork in the Chargers because they're all out there. You know it, Neil, that you, you know, you've got your own rivals as an Eagles fan and people there sharpening the knives from day one. And the Chargers need, just need to forget all that and just take one. There's a... There's a reporter yesterday asked Brandon Staley, how far ahead is he looking? Hello, week one. Why would we focus on the, the Raiders on week two when I've got a game to play next next weekend? Absolutely nonsense question. It's, it's a, it, it, just a time waste of that one. Every team will just take one game at a time. Uh, and, and that's all you can do. I'm just really hopeful. I think while ever we've got the football, Justin Herbert is going to roll. I mean, he is so good. Um, and, and people now are starting to take note. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. You've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, you can bolster the roster around him and take advantage of that. This is the third year of Herbert. Decision made on his fifth-year option. I think they might pick it up. <laughs> uh, but, but then you start thinking about, okay, well, we are going to have to pay him the Josh Allen money, the Kyle Amari yeah. money. Uh, you know, people like things like that. Now is the time. And as I say, if you've got a quarterback, that's great. You've got weapons around him, especially veteran weapons who are comfortable with him and the system. That's great. Put it all together. Play complementary football and don't play down to the opposition. If yeah. as I say, if you're playing crap, beat them. Deal them. Doesn't have to be pretty. Because even, even in fancy football, you don't get points for prettiness. You get yeah. points for doing your damn job. Do the job. Get out of there. Move on. Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of wrapping up and then, uh, you know, going back to the general NFL, are you mega excited about this season, Neil? Is it state normal? Um, has, has this got you really hyped up? Uh, you know, what, what, what's your thoughts heading into week one as, as a general football fan? As a general football fan, it's going to be fascinating because there's never been a situation, never been an off-season, in my opinion, where so much top-tier talent has moved teams. I mean, you know, five, ten years ago, you know, sorry, five years ago, you say Russell Wilson won't be a Seahawk in 2022. Yeah. Well, yeah. he must have retired then. You know, Matt Ryan won't be at the Falcons. Devontae yeah. Adams won't be with the Packers. Uh, Tyreek Hill won't be with the Chiefs. It's going to be fascinating because, as I say, don't like change. So, people, I mean, I hate new kits, you know, and, you know, I think it was Brentford or someone who said, we're going to have the same kids two years running. Brilliant. whoop do doo Thanks, Gee, Thanks. That's yeah. what everyone used to do. So seeing Tyreek Hill in a Dolphins jersey and seeing Matt Ryan in blue and not the red or the black, it's going to be weird. And that's what makes the se this season all the more fascinating because there's so much change. I mean, we're not... I think about six or seven years ago, we had a situation where there were, I think, 16 legitimately very good quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we've got that at the moment. We've probably no, got I, 10. I think I counted, I, well, you, 10. I counted nine at the end of last season. Um, and, and, you know, no one's actually retired other than Big Ben as such. He wasn't in that list. 
No. But it, it is a massive problem. Um, and this is what I love about the draft because everyone said Trevor Lawrence is a, is a generational player. <laughs> that guy's got Johnny Manziel written all over him, you know, if he doesn't sort himself out. There was a, I was listening to a podcast this morning on the way to work and they were talking about Tyree Kill, absolutely amazing football player. And there was a comment made, is he actually going to get the football? As two have got the arm strength. Now, there was a bit of a meltdown from sections of our own fan base when we didn't, you know, we didn't have the chance to get to her. Um, look at, look how that's turned out. You just don't know how these players are going to make that transition. I, I mean, our own Zion Johnson, he's projected to have a start like Rashawn Slater had in that, in that uh, offensive line. And, and that's plausible. But then you look at Alex Leatherwood. There's, there, I was, I thought we might have drafted him last year. Didn't happen. looks like he's off to the bears. McDaniel has gone, take your garbage with it, as you said, Neil. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I just can't wait. He can't get around soon enough. Um, I generally do get excited. And it's, yeah, I am I am excited about the Chargers, but I think I'm just excited to have football back. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to, I'm not down to go to the London games this year. We're, we're about to move house. Um, that's all up in there. So we couldn't predict when that was going to go down. We're off, we're off to um, over the pond on, on vacation. Sadly, not to the States. I think travel's a bit too uh, up in the air at the minute, so uh, all got all that to look forward to. But yeah, it should it should be another monster year uh, in the National Football League. It's Quick, just, it's it's just been too long since I've spent seven hours in the company of Scott Hansen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he'll be uh, dusted off the microphone, won't he, for the old red zone? Um, it's about time we went to a uh, thirty-six team league, isn't it, Neil? <laughs> Could you? Could you I've imagine? Enough, I've got enough people to write about fancy wise with thirty-two teams. I don't need four more. Yeah, I mean, I in going back to twenty thirteen, I actually went down the road of trying to follow the NHL, baseball, and the NFL simultaneously. I had a, I had a meltdown. I lasted about three weeks, and I dropped, I dropped the NHL off, and and I, I, I dropped. I dropped uh, obviously the, the the baseball playoffs off. I just couldn't do it. it, it it's too much. It is absolutely too much. You think, oh, there's only thirty-two teams. What's this to talk about? A thousand things. That's why there's something ridiculous like forty-five thousand uh, websites out there. Um, on that, people, say, no, just more people on. watch the NFL draft than the NBA finals. So yeah. more people watch a show about players who aren't going to play for six months than the pinnacle of a sport. I know. That says crazy. I mean, we, we, we are, as you well know, Neil, we, we're starting to see more and more Brits uh, take up the game. And a lot of them are coming back after the, you know, the twilight years of Channel 4 showing the, the NFL in 1984. I first watched the NFL in 1987 uh, when we lived in West Berlin. We had American Forces Network TV in, in black and white. Uh Watch the first game. I still getting people going. Oh, it's too long. It's stop start. And I try my my comeback for that is there's a narrative behind every play, behind everything that's going on. Once you get into the game, there's a story within a story within a story, and it needs to be stop start. Otherwise, you just couldn't keep pace with it all. Um, I think there's still a few fans to be won over. You, you'll get the old. Oh, I'm not watching that. It's crap. Or they wear pads. Well, if they didn't wear pads, there'd be no football players. And then you have to go down that argument and say, watch concussion and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's a fantastic sport. It is absolutely amazing. Um, where can we find you on socials? Where can we find your writing, Neil? I'll say the socials quickly because of the, where, the, where you can find me, the right one, that'll take me a few minutes. Uh, I'm on the Twitter at endupton13. Uh, you can follow me for the really bad tweets. My work can be found <laughs> at numberfire. I write a Super Bowl odds tracker for them during the season. I write the tight end report during the season for Rotoviz. I write the player blurbs for fantasy for the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars for 4 for 4 football. I also host co-host a podcast called Waxing Lyrical with Mains and Dots with my good friend Paul Mannering, where we talk all manner of nonsense. I will be doing um, an article this season for Roto Underworld, um, called the Pace Index, where I'll be looking at teams 
pace of play, you know, which teams play fast, which play slow, which matchups are going to be the, the quickest. And also, I think I'm going to be doing something for Nat Coombs and his podcast. I'll be doing some fantasy for them this season as well. But going back in case you missed it the first time, because I've just bored everyone with all that, follow me on Twitter at mdutton13. I tweet out, tweet out most of the stuff I'm involved with from there. Brilliant. Um, what I'll do, I'll get Neil to send me the links uh, and I'll, I'll post them in the comments below on YouTube uh, so that you can all go and follow uh, Neil and get some top uh, fantasy tips. Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, I hope we can do this again uh, before another 12 months has rolled by. Uh, good luck with all the writing. Good luck to the Eagles. Good luck to Kaiser White. Any final NFL thoughts from yourself before we sign off? I said that because the Bills have never won one, I'd like them to do it. I would say the same for the Chargers, but they can't have the Texans games again. <laughs> can't I, wanna... I tell you what, I used to have hair before I uh, support the Chargers. Um, I cannot be dealing with any more anxiety attacks, and they, they're going to come. I know, I'm just, I think I'll play anxiety bingo. Um, no anxiety attacks this quarter. That, that's a win, but they're going to come. It, it's the NFL. It's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, happy days. Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure, buddy. We'll, we'll no doubt, we'll be tweeting each other during the season. Uh, take care. Thanks for everyone for listening and, and tuning in. We'll be back later on the week with a regular crew to talk more Chargers football. Stay safe. Enjoy the uh, rest of the summer. Week one is around the corner. It's going to be an absolute doozy. This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.